The kind and compassionate mirror, the sufferings of the killing kalpa in the present century are worse when compared to the sufferings of the past. These sufferings stems from killing. Consumption of meat is the cause of the killing kalpa, while the retributions are war, pestilence, famine, and other disasters and calamities. When people are undergoing retributions, they will again create more evil causes. With these evil causes, they will have to undergo the respective retributions again. The cycle of killing and eating each other goes on, and there is no end to the sufferings. Human beings are afraid of the severe torture in the killing kalpa, but unfortunately, they are unconcerned about the torture inflicted on animals when they are slaughtered for food. In fact, such acts are akin to killing oneself and eating oneself. Killing and eating one's parents, brothers, children, relatives, and friends. In the Lankavatarara Sutra, it was stated, all living beings are perpetually revolving in the will of birth and death, Samsura, from time of no beginning. As such, they are all related to one another, either as parents, brothers, children, relatives, husbands and wives, friends or others. However, they change their forms to become animals, birds, and others in the process of transmigration. So how can we be so unkind to eat their flesh? Thus, the offense of consuming meat is beyond description. The virtuous man in Guangzhou hoped to save the people from the killing kappa. So they set up the Tatong Life Liberating Society to help the people bring forth a mind of kindness and compassion with the hope that they will eventually find it unbearable to consume meat. If they can abstain from eating meat, they will not create the karma of killing and so do not have to undergo the retributions. Even though we may regard this as an act to love and protect the animals. In actual fact, it is protecting our own lives. If every man can resolve to abstain from killing, peace will be restored to the world. Even for those who liberate lives to continue to do so, there is a limit to what they can do. However, should people continue to consume meat, there will be no end to the killing. The liberators themselves are free from the killing karma, but they cannot free the others to partake meat from eat the evil retributions of killing. Thus, the virtuous man extracted various ancient advices and compiled them into a book called the kind and compassionate mirror and circulated to the villagers hoping that all could bring forth a kind 
and compassionate mind to abstain from killing and to become vegetarians. May everyone who consume meat bring forth a kind and passionate mind and to think of any living being as oneself and oneself as any living being. Over the time, one would find it unbearable to consume meat even if one is forced to. Furthermore, while praying and making offerings to our ancestors or hosting banquets, must we resort to slaughtering animals to show our sincerity? Why can't we replace meat with vegetarian food? Forward. All living things are endowed with Buddha nature. They can become Buddhas. The Buddha contemplates all living beings as Buddha. In the Brahmanat Sutra, it was stated, I have already accomplished Buddhahood, and you have yet attained Buddhahood. If you have faith in this, you would have upheld all precepts. In the Buddha's teaching on the Ten Wholesome Precepts, it was stated, People who take meat often fall sick. They must bring forth a mind of great kindness and accept and uphold the precept of not killing. In the Sutra of Upasaka's precepts, it was stated, Because of killing, living beings will have short lifespans. Their wealth will be greatly reduced and they will be separated from their relatives. They have to suffer all kinds of disasters and calamities. After their present lifespan, they will fall into hells. In the Surangama Sutra, it was stated, A man eats the goat, and when the goat dies, it becomes a man. It is the same with the other life forms, for they take turns to eat each other in the cycle of birth and death. The evil karma will continue indefinitely. Because of such causes and conditions, Living beings transmigrate in the cycle of birth and death even after hundreds of thousands of kalpas. In the universal worthy Buddhasava's conducts and vows, it was stated, living beings value their lives while the Buddhas value all living beings. If we can save the lives of living beings, we are fulfilling the Buddha's vows. In the Shastra on the Great Perfection of Wisdom, it was stated, of all offenses, killing is the worst. Of all merits and virtues, liberating lives reaps the most merits. Besides reading the sutras, I have also read Venerable Master Lan Chu's writings on abstaining from killing and liberating lives. I was deeply touched by his kindness and compassion. I had an awakening and realized that protecting lives by abstaining from killings is the supreme among all merits and virtues. And so I recompiled this book, hoping that living beings will not have to undergo the acute sufferings in the killing kalpa. I only hope that everyone will think deeper and seek to repent on their evil karma. May they abstain from all evils and may they practice wholesome deeds. 
May they value all life forms and hence abstain from killing living beings of any kind. May they treat and protect all beings just as they would their relatives and friends. By doing so, they will indeed be acting in accordance with the wishes of the virtuous sages and worthies of the past. Saving Lives Whether it is Christian or Buddhist teachings, the universal law of you reap what you sow applies. This is what nature teaches us. Whatever seeds we plant, we get the same plant and the same fruit. There is never a mix-up. Similarly, if we want to lengthen our lives, we need to plant the seeds of protecting lives. If the situation is critical, we need to actively save lives. We can ask our friends, do not kill on our behalf. By not eating a plate of shrimps, you are saving 10 or more lives. You can also ask our friends to pledge to us. This month, I pledge 10 days of which I will not kill, not even mosquitoes. This is indirectly saving lives. It does not cost you a cent. Change your life. If you are facing a critical situation, it is not enough to just change your dietary habits. You have to be very aggressive and try in every way to benefit others. When we help others physically or a positive thought, we are happy and that raises our energy. You can support charities, certain publications, good books, or copies of good tapes. Visualize loving thoughts. Put the earth in your hearts and think of blue light. You can do it. Just think love to the whole earth, to all living things on earth, and wishing each being a good life. Just a loving attitude will help. It will help raise our energy. In Canada, there was a woman who was diagnosed with melanoma, skin cancer, that had spread to the bones. The doctor gave her three months to live as there was nothing that could be done. Melanoma is fairly deadly, especially when it has spread to the bones. She was a fashion consultant with her own television program, a highly successful woman. And she thought, since I am going to die, I might as well go somewhere beautiful. So she went to Nepal. There she encountered a monk who taught her to save lives. She then went back to Vancouver. She would buy fish and shrimps from the docking fishing boats and then set them free. If dogs and cats were going to be killed, she would buy and save them. She did this very enthusiastically for a period of three months and her cancer was completely gone. I called her four years later 
as I heard about her story and asked, how many lives did you save every day? She replied, 100. In a critical situation, you have to be active. Usually, it is recommended that you save at least the same number as your age. So if you are 50 years old, you save 50 lives. She was saving 100 lives per day. During the period when she was recovering, she got in touch with what she felt the world should be. She decided that it was more important to be a consultant for good business ethics. And she also allocated time for meditation. However, after she recovered, she went back to her old ways and started taking meat. Barely two months later, she found a lump in her left breast. Then she went back to saving lives, and again the lump disappeared. The universal law is, you reap what you sow. It is so simple. If you plant a bitter melon seed, you will get a bitter melon. You will never get a sweet melon. Yet, it never occurs to us that when we work for others, it comes back to ourselves. So every action, every thought we have, if it is motivated by love, it brings us fruits of happiness. It brings us health and happiness. If we cause harm to others, it will come back to harm ourselves. This is just nature's law. The outbreak of foot and mouth disease, HFMD, and the mass slaughtering of pigs. Taiwan suffered a serious outbreak of HFMD and virus infection, which spread across the country in 1998. The disease causes viral meningitis and rarely more serious diseases such as encephalitis. Encephalitis may be fatal and cases of fatal encephalitis had occurred in the country. During the outbreak, millions of pigs were killed. It seemed that these pigs were killed to control the infectious disease. But in reality, it was the incessant quest of humans' cravings for more meat. In a general population of only 23 million people, more than 10 million pigs were reared for this purpose. Every day, one would hear screamings from the animals in the abattoirs. As a result of these happenings, it is with little wonder that the air is now filled with anger, hatred, and agony. Critics have warned that the good days for Taiwan are coming to an end. It is hardly surprising to see that the society is getting increasingly chaotic and unstable. In an article extracted from the Anshu Tuansu, it recorded on how human consumption of meat has led to hatred and fear among the animals. To the kind-hearted who have read the article, it is simply unbearable to consume meat from then on. To be reborn as a human is a chance 
upon once in every tens, if not hundreds of years, for those beings who are reborn into the animal realm, such as those of pigs, cows, sheep, and fish, it is inescapable that they have to go under the knives at dusk every day. They would scream in great pain and agony as they struggle helplessly. Not long after their organs were devoured, these animals were thrown into hot water. Having to go through the cruel killing process, it is not difficult to imagine the huge amount of grievances suffered by these living beings. In every cycle of tens or hundreds of years, there would be serious conflict among mankind. This is the effect from the continuous killing of animals, which leads to an accumulated forces of hatred and anger. These beings, when reborn into the human realm, would become vicious humans due to their past sufferings. And when more and more of such rebirths take place, chaotic wars and hostile confrontations would erupt. Those who were killed in his previous lives would take revenge by taking his killer's lives and the cycle would go on. Thus, this is the unbiased truth of cause and effect. We sincerely hope that you who have read this article would make a vow not to kill any animals or any form of lives. Over time, the consequences of destruction will be naturally averted. All human beings should self-reflect and learn from these incidents. By showing compassion, refraining from killing and consuming meat, a nation will be free from disasters and calamities. The universal law of what we reap is what we sow should always be remembered. Be a vegetarian now. It will not only benefit yourself, your family, your country, but also the entire world. Amitofo. Healing Wounds with Acts of Compassion On 26 December 2004, an earthquake with a magnitude of 9.0 triggered a devastating tsunami that traveled thousands of kilometers across the Indian Ocean, taking the lives of more than 200,000 people in countries as far apart as Indonesia, the Maldives, Sri Lanka, and Somalia. But the wounds created by this tsunami of pain and suffering can be healed by another tsunami, one born entirely out of compassion, love, and kindness of mankind. What causes disasters? From the Buddhist perspective, the destruction of the ecological balance and the natural environment 
by mankind is a primary cause of disasters on earth. The disbelief of karma of cause and effect, brutal killing of living beings, and the suppression of the weak by the powerful brought about resentment from the masses. These are the causes that eventually led to natural disasters. It is said that one event will eventually lead to another event. The existence of one thing will lead to the emergence of another, and the destruction of one thing will lead to the destruction of another thing. Similarly, if nothing is committed, nothing will take effect. Therefore, all our sufferings of today actually originate from what human beings have collectively committed. What should we do in the face of such disasters? As life grows and prospers, it will eventually end. All things in the world are constantly changing. There is no origin of self or solid substance, taught the Buddha. He urged all of us not to place our desire on any one phenomenon or in any particular event in life as everything in the universe rises and falls alternately. All that exists now are merely a process of growing, existing, decaying, and vanishing. In fact, life is but a passing phase in time and space. Whether we are delighted or worried, happy or sad, rich or poor, superior or inferior, these will all come to naught. For all things in life, after the end of our physical existence, will vanish into nothingness. Instead of feeling miserable and confused by clinging on to any unfavorable circumstances, it is wise to face up to the challenge by living courageously. Show our love and care to others. Give our sympathy and concern to the less fortunate and purify ourselves from selfishness. If we can all achieve this, the earth will be a peaceful and pleasant place to live in. Tsunami Heroes A selfless hero with love and compassion when the tsunami wave hit Sri Lanka's southern coastal resort, everybody was running for their lives. However, a Danish tourist, Mr. John Malin, 32 years old, dashed back to the beach, not once, but six times, to rescue those being swept away by the giant wave. In each trip, he would grab an armful of children cradled them as he sprinted towards a hut on the hill, which was 50 meters above sea level. As soon as he handed the children to the arms of their weeping mothers, he charged off again. On Mr. Malin's sixth rescue attempt, just as he was trying to extricate a debris-penned mother and child, a second tidal wave swooped down and swept him away. Mr. Malin gave his life up to save at least 10 Sri Lankan children in a town he only visited for a week. 
the locals were very grateful and touched by his heroic act. Mr. Malin would have been safe and gone home to his loved ones, but he knew there were others who needed his help, thus sacrificing his life to save people whom he didn't even know. This hero will not only be remembered by the Sri Lankan people, but also people from around the world. Animals that save human lives during the tsunami. An old man in Sri Lanka saved by a crocodile. An old man's house was hit by the tsunami and he was swept away by the powerful waves. Panic-stricken, he clinged onto a floating wood that came his way. Before long, he realized to his horror that the floating wood was actually a crocodile. However, the crocodile did not harm him and instead ferried the man safely to the shore. Indonesian woman saves twin with the help of a giant python. The house of an Indonesian woman, Riza, was swept away by the tsunami in Banda Aceh as she was trying to swim to safety. An injured crying woman was struggling to cling on to her nine-year-old twins shouted for help. Riza then grabbed the twins onto her back. As she struggled in the wave, a giant python suddenly swam towards her. Without fear, she grabbed on it and the python brought them to safety. Elephants Save Tourists A group of elephants kept by a resort at Kaulak to give rides to tourists began wailing when the undersea earthquake first shook Sumatra. They calmed down after a few minutes before wailing again, just minutes before the tsunami struck. They then headed for higher grounds, some with tourists still on their backs, while others broke their strong chains to follow. All were saved, along with their keepers and tourists. destroyed mangroves and coral reefs that could save lives. Coastal areas where mangroves and coral reefs had disappeared were the worst hit when the tsunami struck. Mangroves are among the world's most threatened habitats. About half of them have been destroyed. Experts who have long been calling for the preservation of mangroves and coral reefs renewed their appeals after the tsunami disaster. Coastal features such as palms, mangroves, and coral reefs act as shock absorbers and provide natural protection from tsunamis and storms. Mangroves with their unique root structure are vital to the shore as they provide a natural shield against any destructive waves. Myanmar and Bangladesh, where much of the mangroves remain intact, were notably spared the scale of devastation with minor casualties and damage. 
disasters can be avoided by being compassionate. During the Ming Dynasty, there was a Upasaka named Wang who was a very pious Buddhist. He would recite the sutras and make obeisance to the Buddha every day. During that time, there were natural disasters and calamities everywhere and Wang was very concerned about this. When he heard that in Xiaodongtian there lived a Sangha who could look into the past and futures, he decided to pay him a respect as well as to seek his advice. After making obeisance to the Sangha, Wang said, there are bandits everywhere. People wage wars all the time. May the honored one be kind and compassionate and help the living beings. The Sangha smiled and explained, if people could liberate lives and refrain from killing, they would be free from disasters and calamities. After saying, he shut his eyes and sat in meditation. Note, today's world is a world of wars, famines, epidemics, natural disasters, and man-made calamities, which occur one after another. The reason behind these happenings is the karmic effect of killing. They are not brought upon us by ghosts or spirits. These incidents warn worldly people to refrain from killing. If a man could refrain from killing, he would be free from disasters and calamities. If a family could refrain from killing, it would be free from disasters and calamities. If the practice of non-killing could be extended to a village, a county, a province, and a whole country, the people therein would be free from disasters. Worldly people blame the heavens when disasters and calamities strike. They fail to recognize that these actually originate from our own actions. We are the ones who caused the natural disasters and man-made calamities to befall on us. If a man can make a vow to liberate lives and to abstain from killing, then even if he were to be surrounded by dangers or go into battle or encounter famine and pestilence, he would still be unharmed. If every man could truly believe in this and practice diligently, good effects will follow just like the form is following its shadow. From the past to present, the rewards and retributions of good and evil deeds can be seen clearly. In fact, there were many records written on the efficacy of cause and effect. So why are people still hesitant about starting the good practice of non-killing? Elephants, which filled the drying pond with bags of water. During the time when Sakamuni Buddha descended to this world, he gave Dharma talks to all living beings. Only then did worldly people understand the connection of cause and effect, that is, good and bad actions with their corresponding rewards and retributions, and the merits of abstaining from killing 
and of releasing lives. In a sutra of the most supreme king of golden light illumination, there was a story of kindness and compassion, which described how the elephants helped relieve the sufferings of other living beings. In ancient India, there was a virtuous man who was the son of Lu Shui, the elder. He was very kind in nature. One day, while he was out traveling, he came upon a big pond beside a hill. The pond was nearly dried up because of the scorching summer heat and shortages of rainfalls for months. In the pond, there lived thousands of fish, prawns, and other living beings. Should the pond dried up further, these living beings would not survive. On witnessing such pitiful sight, the elder's son immediately returned to seek the king's help. He wanted to borrow 20 elephants to help carry water to the pond to save the living beings. The king, who was also a Buddhist and had taken refuge with the triple gem, gladly granted the permission to use his elephants. The elder's son, together with his two sons, then went to the wine merchant to borrow some leather bags. These large bags were usually used to store wines. They were filled with water and then carried by the elephants to the pond. Upon reaching the site, the water was poured into the pond. The elephants made several trips and the pond was eventually filled up. The elder son was extremely joyful when he saw the living beings swimming happily in the pond. He then talked to them on the Dharma of suffering, emptiness, and impermanence. When these fish, prawns, and other living beings passed away, they were able to attain a rebirth in the heavens. Such an attainment was possible as they had listened through their senses to the Dharma given by the other's son. Liberation Prolonged Lives During the Qing Dynasty, in the year of Tao Guang, there was an officer by the name of Tu Qingwu. Before he was appointed as an officer, he was once seriously sick. To aggravate the situation, the doctor gave him the wrong prescription, and as a result, his life was in grave danger. On his sickbed, he repented on his evil karma and vowed to benefit people and the world. He showed no concern towards otherworldly affairs. One night, he dreamt of Guan Shuyin Pusa. The Bodhisattva told him, in one of the past lives, you were an officer in the state of Chu. You were very just, but at the same time, you were overly strict. You were not humane enough. Though you were impartial, your rank and wealth would nevertheless be reduced. Besides, you often killed animals and that was why you will not live long. Fortunately, you have brought forth a firm resolve during the period while you were sick, 
in every thought you are thinking of benefiting others. You do not grumble nor complain. So according to the rules of the dark realm, you can prolong your life by liberating animals. Your blessings and wealth will be increased too. When he woke up, he realized that he had just experienced a revelation. Henceforth, his family refrained from killing and often liberated living beings. In winter, he was appointed by the Imperial Academy to be the Taisho of Jujang in the state of Yuan. He was granted special favors by the Imperial Court. He finally recovered completely from his sickness by next winter. Tu Shi liberated the carp. A man named Tu Shi, who lived in Yuanchun, saw a fisherman carrying a red carp. He was actually on his way to sell the fish in town. The carp looked sadly at Tu Shi and struggled pitilessly, as if it was seeking his help. Chu was sad to see this, and decided to buy and free it back to the river. Later, Chu fell sick and he dreamt that he had been invited to the palace of the Dragon King. The king said to him, You are supposed to die now, but as you had saved my son, your blessings and lifespan will be increased by twelve years. Chu saved the carp when he was forty-eight years old. Thereafter, he lived till sixty years old before passing away peacefully leaving behind many descendants. If a man does not harm the animals, they will not frighten nor disturbed. He will be like the bright moon, which is surrounded by the multitude of stars. Severing the bull's tongue harmed his sons. This story was recorded in the book of Fa Yuan Julin in a year of Wuda during the reign of Tan Gao Tzu. There lived a farmer who was by nature a cruel man. One day, while out checking his fields, he saw his neighbor's bull trampling on his crops. Extremely angered by it, he caught hold of its head, tied the bull's tongue with a rope, and pulled hard enough to sever it. The poor animal's mouth was filled with blood, but it could not cry out in pain. The villagers who had gathered around to witness his evil act reprimanded him for being so cruel. Later he got married and had three sons, who were all born mute. Everyone knew that this was the visible retribution for a cruel and unkind man. The tiny tomb of the butterflies is surrounded by chinelex. Do not think that it is just the play of little children, for it also reveals their loving kindness.
the birds which buried the corpse. Sun Liangsi was a kind-hearted villager. He was not rich, but whenever he saw birds being kept in cages, he would try his best to accumulate enough money to buy and set them free. Whenever he saw the birds chirping away merrily after flying out from the cages, he would be extremely joyful. He continued to liberate birds throughout his life. The number of birds being freed by him was countless, even though he still remained a poor man. He died at the age of seventy. He was too poor and did not leave behind any money for his burial, nor did he have any friends or relatives. His body was then left on top of a hill. It was indeed a pitiful sight. Not long after. There suddenly appeared thousands of birds, each carrying some soil in the beak. They dropped the soil on Sun's body. In less than a day, the corpse was covered completely, thus giving him a proper burial. The neighbors who witnessed the incident were very surprised. They exclaimed that this was the efficacious reward of Sun. Who often liberated birds? These grateful birds had come back to repay the kindness which he had shown them. The broken-hearted doe. There was a young man named Xu Jinjun who enjoyed hunting. One day he was hunting on a hill, and shot a young deer with his arrow. Not long after, he saw a doe running towards the injured deer, without any thought of her own safety. She licked its wound with her tongue, and looked extremely sorrowful. Not long after, she lay down and died. Xu then brought the deer's home. Upon slitting open the doe. He found that the liver and intestines were badly shattered. On witnessing this pitiful sight, he was grief-stricken and broke down immediately. Feeling remorseful, he destroyed his bows and arrows and vowed never to hunt again. All animals, just as human beings, love their offsprings. They would feel extremely sorrowful when they were separated from their loved ones. The doe loved her injured fawn deeply, and thus could not bear to leave him. The pain and sorrow overwhelmed her, and she died pitilessly. Later, Xu was permitted to be Jingyang's magistrate due to his filial piety and integrity. However, he left his job to lead a life of seclusion when he found that the government of the Jing Dynasty to be incompetent. He followed Wu Min to the mountain to practice the path. Upon accomplishing the immortal path, he traveled widely, helping people with his Taoist magical art. In the second year of Taikang, during the reign of the Emperor Xiao Wu of the Jing Dynasty, he attained the genuine path at the western mountain in the state of Hangzhou. After his death. He continued to relieve the sufferings of the people through other forms.
the Song Emperor thus conferred him the title The Wondrous Spiritual Power of Jin Jun. The butcher's knife severed his own tongue. Long ago, in Huangcao Tang of Changshu County, Jiangsu, there lived a butcher named Xu. His job was to slaughter the cows. Before slaughtering a cow, he would slice off its tongue first. The poor animal would scream in great pain when undergoing such extreme torture. However, Xu was not at all bothered. After slaughtering the cow, he would bring the tongue home, cook and eat it with wine. He felt that it was especially delicious eating it this way. One day, as Xu was placing his butcher knife on top of the door frame, he heard a noise caused by two rats fighting up on the door frame. Out of curiosity, he looked up with his mouth agape. Unexpectedly, the knife was then pushed down by the rats and landed right into Xu's mouth. The knife severed his tongue and he died instantly. Xu, who was extremely brutal and enjoyed eating cow's tongues and drinking wine, was eventually killed by his own knife. The moral of the story was that the corresponding rewards or retributions in the working of cause and effect is indeed true and are not simply fabricated by anyone. The Shamanera saved this aunts. Long ago, there were a Shamanera who practiced under a Sangha. His master, who had attained the path, possessed the spiritual power of foreseeing others' lives. He knew that the Shamanera had only seven more days to live, so he told him to go back to his hometown to see his mother. He said to him, you can come back after the eighth day. He expected that he would die by then. After seven days, the Shamanera returned. The Sangha was very surprised to see him alive and also noticed that his physiognomy had undergone a change too. He then sat in meditation and entered samadhi so as to contemplate the happenings in the past seven days. He found that the shamanera on his way home had used a branch to save many ants which were stranded by floodwaters from the stream. The stream had burst its banks as it was raining heavily that day. The Sangha then related what he seen to the Shamanera and confirmed that it was indeed true. The Master was glad and said, You were supposed to die within the past seven days, but because of a single thought of kindness and compassion, you had saved many ants and hence accrued abundant merits. Your physiognomy had undergone a transformation and you attained longevity. The Shamanera had indeed escaped 
from the destiny of our short lifespan and lived to the age of 80. Besides, he also attained the sagely fruition of arhatship, thereby freeing himself from the sufferings of transmigration on the six paths. Welling pitilessly for three months, Cao Shengyuan was a villager from Gangnan in Nanxiang town, Jiating County of Jiangsu State. He enjoyed eating dog meat and often slaughtered them to be cooked. One day, as he was ready to cut a slaughtered dog soaked in a basin, the dog suddenly leaped out of the basin and attacked his neck. Chao fainted as he bled profusely. All those around him were frightened by the horrifying sight. Since bitten by the dog, his wound became infected and no doctors were able to cure him. His condition worsened and he suffered great pain as if his organs were torn apart. Every day he would moan from day to night. He eventually died after suffering for three months. Those who enjoyed eating dog meat were so frightened by the incident that they stopped taking the meat completely. We must teach our children when they are still young, for they learn fast at a tender age, and for all their lives they will remember the teaching. We must teach them to nurture a mind of kindness and never to harm or kill any living beings. With such a kind and compassionate mind, a man can become a human sage. A torturous death for cruel killing. There was a magistrate who enjoyed eating goose feet and the hearts of goats. Whenever he wanted to eat goose feet, he would first place a goose in an iron cage over a fire. After a while, the base of the cage would become red hot. The poor animal would be jumping frantically by then. However, the magistrate was not disturbed by it at all. The heat would cause the feet to swell as blood rushed to it. After that, he would sever the feet and fry them. It was indeed a horrible sight to see the goose undergoing such torture. In addition to the above act, he would often order his servant to tie a goat to a stake and instruct the cook to slit open the ribs of the goat while alive. He would then remove the heart and cook it. The poor goat would wail in great pain and finally die a cruel death. In order to satisfy his palate, the magistrate tortured countless animals before killing them for food. Later, the magistrate fell sick and his body began to develop malignant sores, which no other medicine can cure. He moaned in great pain day and night. It was only after suffering for a long time did he die eventually. Digging ponds for liberating lives. 
During the Suitong Dynasty, the patriarch of the Tiantai sect was Venerable Master Zhizhi. He was also known as Zhiyi, Emperor Suiyang, who was very respectful towards his virtuous conduct, bestowed upon him the name of Zhizhi, the Wise One. The Great Master was also worried for those who killed animals cruelly for food. As he wished to change the mindset of the people, he asked his lay disciples to contribute towards the building of a pond meant for liberating lives. He used the money to buy 60 plots of lowlands in Zhejiang. The land was located next to the sea and its length measured more than 400 miles. A large liberating pond was constructed on the land. Then he would advise people to liberate lives and refrain from killing. Besides, he also managed to convince the imperial court to erect stone tablets with engraved wordings to prohibit people from catching fish. The tablets were still around until the year of Zheguan and the Tang Dynasty. Later, many wise emperors and sanghas also set good examples towards liberating lives. In the reign of Tang Shuzhong in the second year of Renyuan, the emperor ordered all counties to dig ponds meant for liberations. Also, in the reign of Song Zhenzhong in the year of Tianxi, the emperor also widely encouraged his people to dig liberation ponds. The lake Xihu in Hangzhou was originally a liberation pond. It was dug during the Song Dynasty. It has now become a famous place of interest during the Ming Dynasty, a Sangha named Lian Chi also dug ponds for liberating lives at Shangfang and Changshou. Besides, he even wrote on the merits of liberating lives and abstaining from killing. He circulated his writings widely throughout the country to encourage people to be kind and humane and to abstain from killing. As you can see, in ancient times, there were countless followers who had brought forth the mind to liberate lives. However, times have changed since then. All the good practices advocated by our ancestors are diluting. We can see lighted fishing boats everywhere. At every midnight, the fishermen would be out at sea. Besides this, there are also different forms of fishing competitions and cruel sports which encourage the killing of animals for pleasure. It is indeed sad. Enjoying the blessings of a new life Long ago, in Suzhou, there was a man named Wang Dalin. 
He was a very kind man by nature and had showed great concern towards all beings. Besides, he always bought animals to be liberated. Whenever he saw children in the village playing tricks on the fish, birds, worms, and other forms of life, he would try every means to discourage them from doing so. He would also give them money so that they could liberate lives too. He would always say to the villagers, we must nurture the minds of the young and teach them virtuous conduct like humanity, kindness, and compassion so that they will know how to show concern towards all beings. We should discourage them from the bad practice of killing living beings. The children in the village all listened to his teaching. Even the elders respected him and would too follow his example. One day, Wang fell seriously sick and was on the verge of dying. In a trace, he seemed to hear the following words. In this life, you have accrued much merits and virtues by liberating lives. Your age will be increased by three 12-year cycles. Following that, he recovered and lived long enough to see five generations of his descendants. He enjoyed much blessings. At the age of 97, he passed away peacefully. The paths taken by those who kill. Retribution for those who kill. The people of Renzhou of Jiangsu were mostly fishermen who earned their living by catching fish, frogs, and spiral shells. They enjoyed killing. If they were to give birth to daughters, they would drown or leave them out in the wild to die. Every day, they would gather spiral shells and catch frogs. The elders would then teach the children how to use a knife to cut up the frogs. As such, they had developed a habit of killing and felt that it was great to learn how to kill. In the village, there was an old lady named Kongpo who always abstained from killing. Although she was already 70 years old, she still earned her living weaving cloth. She would use her money to liberate lives. Besides, she also encouraged others to liberate lives. She would advise sweeping spiral shells into the river and saving ants are ways to accumulate hidden virtues. Do not say that any goodness is too small to perform. A man must always be kind and compassionate and show concern towards all living beings. Look at the villagers. They took lives every day. Oh, 
I really don't know what kind of retribution they will face in the future. On the morning of the ninth day of the ninth month, in the year of Yimao Qianlong, the embankment of the river in Renzhou collapsed, and the river water flooded the village. The whole of Renzhou was submerged by flood water, and many houses were swept away. Countless people died in this disaster. A few nights before the disaster, some fishermen reportedly saw a man in black attire retrieving a black record book from the river. The fisherman then asked him the reason, and he answered, This is the retribution for taking lives. You must all quickly stop killing and practice liberation. After saying that, he threw the book into the river and disappeared. In the afternoon of the day before the disaster, Kongpo brought her youngest grandson to make obeisance to the Buddha in a monastery. They stayed in a nunnery on the hill, and so they were safe from the disaster. Because Kongpo was humane and kind, she and her family were blessed. The cruel man fell to his death in a cauldron. During the Qing dynasty, there was a butcher who lived in Lingqing County in Shandong. One day, he bought a bull for 8,000 taels of silver. The bull refused to follow him as it knew that it would be slaughtered. The butcher was so angry with the bull that he took out a whip and lash at it. The bull tried to avoid the whippings and still refused to move. Finally, when it was too tired to resist, it followed the butcher home. When they passed by a rich man's house, the bull saw the master and suddenly knelt before him and wept as if it was seeking his help. When the rich man saw the poor animal, he felt very sorry and offered to pay the same price that was 8,000 taels of silver to save the bull. But the butcher refused to sell because he was angry at the bull for being so stubborn. He said, this bull is very stubborn. I can only vent my anger by killing it. The butcher refused to sell it, even when the rich man increased his offer. When the bull heard about this, it gave up all hope, stood up angrily, and followed the butcher home. After slaughtering the bull, the butcher put the meat into the cauldron to cook. Then he went to sleep. The next day, he woke up at 5 o'clock to taste the beef. When he did not return after a while, his wife was very concerned and went to take a look. To her horror, she found a butcher's body in a cauldron of beef soup, with the upper part already half cooked. 
Like all human beings, animals do not wish to die. When the butcher saw the frightened bull, he did not show any pity and instead got angry and vented his anger by killing it. By then, the hatred felt by the bull had greatly increased. With such a powerful sense of resentment, the retribution of hatred would surely befall on a man swiftly. The eels bit the arm. In Guizhou, there lived a Mr. Lu, who was nearly 60 years old. He enjoyed taking eels for every of his meal. The number of eels killed by him were countless in number. One day, he went to town to buy some eels, as he wanted to choose the fattest and fleshier eels the fishmonger allowed him to pick them himself. He then rolled up his sleeves and put his hand into the clay pot. To his surprise, the whole group of eels gathered and attacked him, biting deeply into his arm. The pain caused was so acute that he fainted with his face turned deadly pale. Even after removing his arm from the pot, the eel's jaws were clamped shut as they clung to him in a row on his arm with the teeth pierced deeply into his flesh. At that time, the people in the market were gathering to witness the incident. When his son arrived, he quickly carried him home. His son then cut off the eel's bodies but their jaws were still clamped tight on his arm. Finally, his son had to hit the eels one by one by using a knife. By the time he removed all the eels, Mr. Liu's flesh was already torn. Mr. Liu was in severe pain before he finally died. The frogs demanded to have their lives restored. During the first year of Mingguo in the county of Wuwei, Anhui province, there lived a barber who loved to eat frogs. The number of frogs slaughtered by him were countless. One night, he suddenly woke up and saw that his bed, straw mat, blanket, shirt collar, and sleeves seemed to be covered with frogs. He got up immediately to make a fire at his stove and threw his mat, blanket, and clothing into a pot of water. After the water had boiled, he went back to his room. Again, he found that the bed was all covered with frogs. He was traumatized and did not have a good night's sleep. The next day, he told his neighbors what had happened the previous night. While they were still discussing the matter, he suddenly shouted excitedly, 
the frogs are again on my body, but those people around him did not see anything. After some time, he again complained, there are frogs on my hair and eyebrows. Even after he shaved off all the hair on his body, he still felt that they were everywhere. Every day, he would order his son-in-law to hit his body with a rod to get rid of the imaginary frogs. He also pounded his clothing into a mortar after undergoing such torture for six years. He finally died. The Horrible Death of an Evil Man During the Qing Dynasty, in the year of Yongzheng, there was a Mr. Wei who lived in the Wuxing County of Zhejiang. Mr. Wei made axes for a living. He enjoyed shooting birds and catching frogs, fish, tortoises, etc. Some people had tried to advise and show him examples of retribution with the hope that he would change for the better. However, Mr. Wei did not feel remorseful for what he did and would often sneer at him as he had no faith in such stories. As time went by, his offenses grew heavier and deeper. One day, he was infected with malignant sores and other skin diseases. His skin was covered with numerous lesions, which were shaped like bubbles with an iron ball in every bubble. The flesh and skin were all festering. He struggled with pain and finally died a torturous death. But before he died, it was found that all kinds of animals, like fish, frogs, tortoises, and birds, had entered his room and fed on his flesh. Mrs. Wei knew that this was the retribution of her husband who had been killing all his life, and thus she dared not interfere nor harm the animals. By the time they finished feeding, Mr. Wei's bones had already been picked clean. He died without any descendants. The Karmic Retribution for Catching Frogs during the Qing Dynasty, in the 60th year of Daoguang, the magistrate of Jiangying County in Jiangsu put up a notice to prohibit people from catching frogs. There was an illiterate and stubborn farmer, Zhang Ashi, who earned a living by catching frogs and teaching people how to cook them to perfection. Some people advised him, the frogs are beneficial creatures which protect the crops. The government has also put up a notice to prohibit us from catching them. You can earn a living by other means, 
So why must you insist on carrying out this practice? However, Ashi refused to take their advices and continued with what he was doing. One day, it was raining heavily and the water level in the river rose quickly. Again, Ashi went out to catch frogs. As he was not particularly careful, he slipped and fell into the river and drowned. After two days, his corpse was found floating on the water and countless frogs were seen devouring his flesh. The process of slaughtering frogs is extremely cruel. The frogs are slaughtered alive. Their feet and heads are chopped off first and the poor frogs will struggle for a long time before they finally die. This torture is the same as that in the hell. Just imagine that if you are in its place and had to undergo such acute torment, will you be able to take it? The Retribution for Slaughtering Pigs in Paito District of Hefei County in the province of Anhui, there was a butcher named Xuan Si who had been slaughtering pigs for more than 20 years. He was quite wealthy and owned three houses and a hundred acres of paddy fields. One morning at about five o'clock, Xuan Si woke up to boil water before slaughtering the pigs. His wife also woke up at that time to go to the toilet. When she walked past the sty, she saw two women lying on the ground. She walked closer to have a better look and having confirmed what she seen, she became very frightened. She told her husband about it and suggested, this is a bad omen. From this moment onwards, you better change your job. Please do not slaughter pigs anymore. However, as Swan Si did not heed her advice, the wife could not do anything except to throw the butcher's knife in the toilet. As Swan Si could not find his knife, he was unable to slaughter any pigs on that day. Anyway, he still did not feel any regrets for his past actions. When Swan's wife felt that her husband refused to listen to her advice, she asked her family members to talk to him about the division of their property so that she and her youngest son could move out of the house. After the separation, Swan Si continued with his job as a butcher. When he had slaughtered all the pigs in his thigh, his youngest son suddenly fell ill and died. Mrs. Swan was extremely upset that she quarreled with her husband the whole day. After the death of his youngest son, Swan Su felt remorseful and decided to stop slaughtering pigs. Instead, he spent his time gambling, hoping to forget the sad event. Within a few years, he gambled away all his land and property. Swan Su was poor again, 
and he had to return to his old occupation as a butcher. After continuing for about 20 days, he was struck down by a strange disease. Thick and smelly blood flowed out from his mouth and nose. He was covered with filth and he experienced such severe pain that he shouted out like a pig from morning till night. He suffered for more than a year before he finally died. The turtle demanded to have its life replaced. In the Wu County of Jiangsu, there was a wealthy man who owned a lot of properties. He led an extravagant life and enjoyed partaking delicious food. One day, he decided to hold a banquet. The cook went to the market and bought a huge turtle. When he was about to slaughter the turtle, it started to weep. The cook felt very sorry for the poor animal and pleaded with his master to release it. However, the rich man was not concerned by the pitiful sight. Instead, he got so agitated that he took a chopper and chopped off the turtle's head. The turtle's head fell onto the ground, but it suddenly hopped up onto the roof beam. Those who witnessed the incident were very shocked. After cooking the meat with spices, the soup tasted really good. He divided it into two portions and gave one portion to his relatives while the second portion was served at the banquet. He also tasted a few pieces of the meat when he suddenly felt dizzy. The wealthy man hallucinated that the beam was covered with the turtle's head. His family members brought him back to his bedroom and again he complained about seeing more turtle's heads on his bed despite having a mosquito net. He murmured to himself, hundreds of turtles are feeding on my feet. There was no cure for him. For three days, he screamed out in severe pain before he eventually died. The Visible Retribution for Slaughtering Cattle in the record of Ji Xialan, it was stated that in his village, there lived a butcher named Gu Hu, was strong but ugly. He had a wife who was also skilled in slaughtering cattle. Her way of killing the animals was as swift and fast as her husband. Throughout their lives, the couple had slaughtered countless cattle. One day, Gu's eyes became infected and no medicine could relieve his pain. After some time, he became blind. 
His wife was also infected with a strange disease. Soon, the skin all over her body developed festering sores. Whenever her skin came into contact with the clothing, she would feel such severe pain that it was as if she was being cut by a knife. She murmured to herself, the beings in a dark realm are using my method of slaughtering the cattle to cut me up. Oh, I can't stand it anymore. Her shrill scream was so piercing and horrifying that no one could bear to see her suffer. She cried and screamed throughout the day and night for a month before she finally died. This case was witnessed by Mrs. Shen, who was the mother of Ji Xiaolan's maid. The offense of killing is deep and heavy, especially for those who slaughter cattle. These animals greatly benefit the people. And so, why must we kill them for food? Please think about it. The Visible Retribution for Those Who Killed The people from Taihu and Jiangsu were mostly fishermen and hunters. They all enjoyed killing fish and birds, except for Shen Wenbao and his family, who always performed good deeds. Whenever they saw birds and fish being caught, they would buy them for liberation. They often advised people to perform good deeds. They said, a man who kills lacked the virtue of being kind and compassionate. His blessings and lifespan will gradually decrease. Therefore, retribution will befall on himself and his future generations. At that time, there was an epidemic of plague in the area. One night, a villager saw two ghosts of plague. They were carrying a lot of flags. The villager heard them saying, we will put the flags on the doors of all the houses except for Shen Wenbao's family. The next day, the whole village of about 300 families, with the exception of Shen's family, fell ill with the disease. Shen's family was completely unaffected, as Wenbao had been performing good deeds throughout his life. He enjoyed good health until a ripe old age before passing away peacefully. Turning into a goat In Changshu County of Jiangsu, there lived a butcher, Xueqingguan, who slaughtered goats for a living. He was quite wealthy. Every morning, he would wake up at five o'clock to carry out his work. The poor animals would cry and scream in pain, and these screams were simply unbearable to those who heard them.
His friends and relatives tried to persuade him to change his job, but he simply ignored them. In a total of 10 years, the number of goats killed by him were countless. The retribution for committing offenses without feeling any remorse would definitely befall the offender. When Sway was about 40 years old, he felt sick suddenly. After seeking the help of many doctors and taking medication for nearly half a year, he recovered. However, he had spent nearly all his money on his treatment. Worst of all, his face had transformed into that of a goat with protruding nose and mouth. He was very upset that he looked so horrible. He realized that this was the retribution for killing goats and henceforth he stopped killing again. About a year later, he and his neighbor rented a boat to travel to Anhui to buy rice. He carried with him 300 gold pieces. Unfortunately, he fell into the river and drowned. His family sent a coffin to bring him back his body, but they could not find it. Goat is a type of animal which knows about love and righteousness. Just take a look at the young goat. It kneels below its mother's abdomen when feeding. There was again a butcher living in Bunzhou. One day, he tied a nanny goat, which he was going to slaughter soon. Before he could kill it, he saw the young goat kneeling before him and cried tearfully. The butcher was so moved that he stopped killing goats from the day onwards. Yanyan 佛说十善戒经云当堕地狱冷眼经云普贤行愿品云
，杀业最重，诸功德中放生第一。懒鹰之鱼，拜读莲池大师戒杀放生文，如影提壶，字字沁骨，仁爱之音，句句感人，深思警悟，戒杀护生。最善功德，乃重编此书。寄米杀劫，以安众生。愿诸君子以早蒙醒，诸恶莫作，众善奉行，体天地好生之德，不戕异类，推无有同胞之怀，普利群生。恕不负古德圣贤之一片耿耿慈心。素食的利益：一，从小以来，我们一再被教导，要吃肉才能得到足够的营养。动物都是生来给人吃的，食物要讲究色香味俱全，越精致越好。于是，过度的加工制品以及各种化学添加物，如味精、糖精等，纷纷出笼，对健康造成莫大伤害。二，饮食健康之道在简单自然。和于季节的产品最好，粗饭、淡菜，吃得少，吃出健康，精神好。三，驰名国际、提倡自然疗法的雷九南博士指出，癌症与过敏性疾病发生的原因虽多，亦不外环境、饮食。情绪等三个因素所造成。恢复健康之道，当然应该从改善原因对治下手。病因去除之后，健康自然恢复了。一、环境因素，不论居家或工作环境，力求减少或降低空气污染、水污染。及噪音污染。二、饮食方面，应遵循合乎简单自然与均衡的营养原则。简单，不食用多次加工之食品。自然，选用当时、当季与当地生产的食物。避免使用进口食物，均衡、无谷，不是只有米或面两谷，各种绿色蔬菜、当季的水果都要平均摄取。三、情绪因素，生气是毒，少生气甚至不生气有益健康。长养慈悲心，爱惜物命，不杀生最重要。
，从爆发口蹄疫捕杀猪之事件，谈人类应深切反省食肉文化的陋习。民国八十八年，台湾全岛因为口蹄疫蔓延。竟导致数百万只猪活活被屠杀、电击及掩埋。表面上是因为口蹄疫病菌而引起，但始作俑者却是人类自私的口腹之欲所造成的。台湾才两千万人口。为了满足口欲，竟饲养达一千多万头猪只。每天早晨，屠宰场上哀嚎声不断。难怪许多有识之士都说，台湾人的福报已经享尽了，因为天空中充满了怨恨之现象。看看现今台湾社会所呈现之不安、不稳定现象，一点也不为过。《安氏全书》里就有一段描写人为吃肉而造成畜生恐慌、残忍之情景。稍有善根之人读之，还能大块肉吃下去。圣人也为之长叹，伤心啊！刀兵杀劫的来临，实在凄惨极了。投生在人道里，几十几百年才看见一次；投生在畜生道里，没有一天不遇着。一到鸡叫的时候。就有无数狠心杀生的人们，拿了刀向许多的畜生、猪、牛、羊、鱼、虾等等，鼓足气力捆绑杀割。许多畜生自己小得不了，就大声的跳，惊天动地，也没有人来相救。个个破肚抽肠，哀痛的声音还没有断，又投入滚汤里受极大的痛苦，心中愤恨死了，无力抵抗，冤仇没地方去伸，结成一股凶厉的怨气。每隔几十年、几百年，总有一次刀兵大劫。就是因为人类平常杀生害命，日子久了，那些被杀的众生临死时候，怨恨在心中，永远不得忘记。转世投胎变成凶狠无比的人，这些人聚多了，就有大乱发生。前生你杀他的。今生他再来杀你，报复前世怨仇，所以世界上发生刀兵劫，就是来算账的。祈愿有缘看到此文之人，能从今起发愿不杀一切生命
，自然能够逃出这个结束之外，不受危险。本文摘自《素食的利益：肉食之过》。人类应该从这些事件中吸取教训，戒杀护生，断肉吃素，这样。国家必会免受灾祸，社会必定祥和太平。阿弥陀佛。县有一位屠夫，有一次购买一只牛，牛知道自己将被宰杀，所以站立不走。屠夫很气愤地用鞭抽打，牛强横躲避，还是不走，直到气力将尽，只好让屠夫牵着前进。牛经过一富家门口，见了主人，忽然两膝跪下，层层泪下，仿佛求救。富家主人见状，深为怜悯，问知牛价为八钱家园，愿意照价赎买，以救牛命。可是屠夫痛恨此牛，强恨不屈。坚持不肯卖，富人愿意加价赎卖，屠夫仍然不肯，并说：“这只牛太可恶了，我一定要将它宰杀烹煮才能甘心。”牛听到这话，一只求生无望，便愤然站起来，跟随屠夫而去。屠夫宰杀了牛，将牛肉放在大型的釜中烹煮，然后回房睡觉。到了次日五更时，独自起来尝尝釜中牛肉的滋味。过了很久，未见返回，他的妻子觉得奇怪，便去探看究竟。不料屠夫已经自投腹中，上半身都在腹内，与牛肉一同煮烂了。唉，动物皆是好生怕死，与人一样，见牛恐怖怕死的情状，不但不加同情怜悯，反而大发愤怒。必要宰杀才能泄恨。此时，牛心中的怨毒必然加深，凭着这股怨恨的戾气，自然会很快的遭到怨恨恶报。宰猪恶报，阿
为合肥县排头镇有一位屠夫宣四，以杀猪为业，已经二十多年了。家中颇有储蓄，有住宅三栋，并有田地百亩。有一天五更，宣四起来烧水准备杀猪时。其妻也起床上厕所，经过猪圈中，忽见两个妇人躺卧在地上，仔细再看，果然不错，便心生害怕，急忙的将他所看见的告诉其夫，并说：“这是不吉利的预兆，今后你一定要改业，不可再杀猪了。”宣四不听，仍要杀猪，其妻便无奈的暗将屠刀投入厕所。这天，宣四因为找不到屠刀而作罢，但心中毫无悔意。宣妻见苦劝无效，于是请娘家来与宣四分产。宣妻携带幼子独居，分家后，宣四照旧杀猪。刚将一篮的猪杀完时，他的幼子突然暴病而死。宣妻因为痛丧爱子，终日与宣四吵闹不休。宣四自幼子死后，稍有悔意。不敢再杀，但每日以赌博消愁，没有几年便把田产现款都输光了。宣四因为家穷，又重操杀猪旧业，才复业二十多天，忽然得到怪病，口鼻长流脓血，臭秽不堪，非常痛苦。而且早晚叫嚎如猪，如此拖了一年多才死。乡里居民谷某，孔武有力，其貌不扬，以杀牛为业。他的妻子也善于杀牛，刀法干净利落，不亚于丈夫。夫妻二人平生所杀的牛不可计数。后来谷某忽觉眼痛，医治无效。因此，双眼失明，骨期也染患怪病，全身的皮肤都溃烂裂开，触到衣物像刀割般的痛苦。他在床上自言自语地说：“阴间正仿照宰牛的方法来宰割我，我受不了了。”他的声音非常凄厉。令人惨不忍睹，如此昼夜呼嚎
经过一个多月才死。这件事迹是纪晓岚世姬的母亲沈父亲眼所见的。唉，杀生的罪业深重，而杀牛的罪业尤重。牛有功于人，为何还要杀食它呢？愿诸位君子三思。羊变羊。江苏常熟县有一位屠夫薛庆官，以杀羊为业，家境相当富裕。他每天五更起来杀羊，那羊儿痛苦哀鸣，实在令人不忍听闻。亲友屡劝他改业。但他丝毫不听，经营十余年，所杀的羊只不可计数，行恶无悔，恶报终究还是到来。当薛庆官四十多岁时，忽然得病，求医服药，经过半年多才治愈，但是家财却已耗用将近。并且病后鼻嘴竟然突出，他的脸已变成羊形，一副可怕的羊面，使他感到非常苦恼，自己也觉悟到是杀羊的报应，所以从此不敢再杀羊。次年，他带三百斤与邻人雇船到安徽买米。竟然不慎跌落江中淹死，他的家属运官去装尸，却连尸体也找不到。羊是一种重情之义的动物，是看那羊子吃奶，双膝跪在母羊腹下。从前，滨州有个屠夫。有一天，绑好一只母羊，即将宰杀，看见羊子双膝向他跪下，两眼流泪，屠夫深受感动，从此不再杀羊。凿池放生。隋唐时代，天台宗祖师智者大师慧明质疑，隋炀帝尊崇其德行，所以赐号智者。大师感怀当时人心残暴，多杀生灵，贪图口福，为了感化人心。因此发起教徒乐捐，购买浙江临海一带洼地六十多所，共长四百多里，开凿放生池，普劝世人戒杀放生，并奏请朝廷下令立碑，禁止捕鱼，直到唐贞观年间，依然存在。
此后，也有很多明君高僧倡导。唐肃宗乾元二年，曾下诏天下州县各立放生池。宋真宗天禧元年，也曾下诏天下广立放生池。杭州西湖就是宋朝时设立的放生池，现在已成为有名的圣地。到了明朝，莲池大师也曾在上方、长寿两处设立放生池，并写戒杀放生文流通天下，普劝世人仁慈不杀。因此，自古以来景仰德风。发心慈济勿命的仁人君子，真是不可胜数。可惜世代久远，倡导者皆已离世而去，世局变迁，善法也败坏了。如今渔火新布，夜半电鱼者飘飞水面。平时又有各种钓鱼比赛等残害物命的活动，实在令人悲叹。县有一位富翁，家财数亿，生活奢华，特别嗜好美食一味。有一天，他大摆宴席，厨夫在市场买回一只大圆。当将要宰割时，见圆流泪，于是不忍下手。禀告主人，请求放生。富翁不但不怜悯，反而大怒，手持利刀，立刻斩断源头。源头坠地后，竟然跳跃到屋梁上。大家见此情景，都甚感惊异。他将圆烹煮调味后。味道鲜美，便分成两半，一半赠送亲戚，一半宴客。他只尝几块，即刻头目眩晕，神志昏迷。只见屋梁上全是圆头，家人将他扶入寝室，见床铺蚊帐也全是圆头。他自言自语地说：“有几百只猿正在咬我的脚啊！”他如此呼嚎了三天三夜，终于疼痛难忍，不治而死。杀生分图。江苏润州地方，居民以打鱼、捕蛙螺为生，习性好杀。
做生女儿，多半将她丢弃或溺死，而且每天都捉田螺、青蛙或蛤蟆。大人则教小孩持刀学沙抛青蛙，以沙为能事，养成恶习。全村唯有孔婆戒杀，年已七十岁，仍然织布赚钱，买物放生。又常劝人戒杀放生，逢人便谆谆苦劝说：扫罗就已都是阴德，不要以为善小而不做。为人要心存慈悲，爱惜物命，像本村的人天天杀生害命。唉，将来不知道要遭到怎样的报应。乾隆乙某年九月九日凌晨，润州河堤崩陷，泛滥成灾。整个润州被大水淹没，房屋流失，人死无数。水难前几天夜间，有渔夫见到黑衣官吏，向江中捡取一本黑册。渔夫询问缘故，黑衣官吏说：“这是杀生的报应。”应从速戒杀放生。说罢，便将黑册投入江中，顷刻就不见了。水难前一日下午，孔婆携带幼孙到山上寺庙拜佛，住在泥安，因此免于水难。这是孔婆居心仁慈，故在冥冥中独获神明佑助。常嗜好田鸡，经常烹食，所杀不可计数。有一夜，当他正在睡觉时，忽然看见满床草席、被褥、衣领、袖子到处都是田鸡，于是起身到炉边生火，将席、被、衣服都放入锅内蒸煮。才煮完要上床时，又见到满床的田鸡，如此烦扰整夜，不能安眠。次日，他向邻居述说昨夜之事，正谈论间，忽然又紧张地说：“田鸡又跑到我身上了，但是别人却看不见。”请客不久，他又告诉人说。我的头发、眉毛中到处都是田鸡，于是自己便将身上毛发全部剃光。
但是还是感觉到处都是田鸡。他因而每天命女婿用棒敲打其身，而且又将衣服放入米臼中捣打，整天纷扰不安，如此折磨了六年才死。生受福。从前，苏州有一位王大龄，一生爱惜生物，并且常买生物放生。他常看见村中的小孩子捉弄鱼、鸟、虫等类动物，必多方劝止。并给小孩子铜钱，让他们买来放生。他生平常劝人说：“少年时必须培养仁慈爱惜物命的美德，不可令他养成残忍好杀的喜气。”村中的小孩子都听从王大龄的教导，连邻里父兄都受感化。也效法他的作风。后来，王大龄重病将死，恍惚中听到有人对他说：“你平生放生，有很大功德，将可增延福寿三季，十二年为一季，他因而得以复活。”并且享年九十七岁，五代同堂，无病善终。饿死可怕。清朝雍正年间。在浙江吴兴县的魏某，以打穿福孔为业，并专好打鸟，捕捉鱼、蛙、龟类，或用药毒鱼，毁坏鸟巢，种种杀生害命的恶业，一一做尽。有人常多方劝谕。列举杀生报应事实，警惕他悔改。魏某却冷笑而不听信。久而久之，他造的罪孽越来越深。后来，魏某生了恶疮，全身长出无数的肺泡，每一泡内有铁球一粒。皮肤焦黑，肌肉溃烂，躺在床上痛苦挣扎叫喊，折磨而死。魏某临死时，忽然有无数的鱼、蛙、龟、鸟等动物进入房内，啄食其肉。魏妻知道这是魏某平生杀生招来的冤报。因此不敢加害
开一会儿，全身肌肉被食将近，肋骨断气而死，他的后嗣也断绝了。此乃清雍正十年发生的事迹。报清道光十六年，江苏江阴县官府曾出告示，严禁捕蛙。有农民张阿喜，素以捕蛙为业，教人烹煮，目不识字，凶暴顽固。有人劝他说：“蛙是保护农作物的益虫，官府有明文告示，严禁捕捉，各种生意都可谋生，何苦做此犯法的职业？”阿喜不肯听受，照常捕蛙。有一天。大雨过后，河涨水急，阿喜又沿河边捕蛙，不慎失足滑落河中溺死。两天后，尸体浮出水面，有无数的青蛙围绕其身，真食其肉。附近居民纷来观看。无不惊骇地说：“这是捕蛙招来的现实恶报。沙蛙最为残酷，斩头断足，活活剥皮，而蛙久久才气绝而死。如此惨杀，有如地狱苦行。人如不幸深受这般痛苦。”将何堪忍受？请君设身处地，细细思之。有一个县长，平生爱吃鹅掌和活羊的心。他吃鹅掌时，先将鹅关入铁笼，然后放在铁片上烧烤。铁片下的火越来越大，鹅熬受不了，就惊恐地来回跳跃。悲鸣不已，县长却仍无动于衷。鹅的脚掌因火炽热，被烫得渐渐肿大，最后血都集中在掌上。他就割下鹅掌，再用火烹刨，其状极惨。他又长命下人
将阳寄拴于木头上，令厨夫割断羊胸肋骨，然后用手取出羊心烹煮。羊凄惨鸣叫，死状甚惨，只为贪享一时口腹，竟不惜食无辜的生命。遭受如此酷刑而亡。后来，该县长身染恶疮，医药无效，躺在床上，终日呻吟，折磨很久才死。杀险豹。江苏太湖附近居民大多以网鸟钓鱼谋生，好杀成性，唯独沈文宝全家爱好行善。若见人捕获鱼鸟，必买来放生。遇人则谆谆劝善，常说：“杀生一事最伤慈悲，最损福折寿，而且报应可怕，近在自身，远在儿孙。”后来正逢该地传染瘟疫，有一深夜，有乡民在街上看见两个瘟鬼。手中各持很多旗子，互相讨论说：“除了沈文宝一家放生免插外，其余各家可严门依次插上。”次日，太湖全乡传染瘟疫，村民三百余家因瘟疫而死的超过一半。唯独沈文宝一家全免于难。文宝一生行善，晚年健硕，且享高寿而善终。善于孽弊。州有位陆某，年纪将近六十岁，最喜欢吃鳝鱼，每餐必定烹食。平生所杀的鳝鱼不计其数。有一天，到市场买鳝鱼，他要挑选肥大新鲜的，于是鱼贩就让他自己抓取。当他卷袖露臂，伸手探入鱼缸摸取时，不料涌起成群的鳝鱼，争相咬住他的手臂，令他痛极昏倒，脸色清白。这时，众多的鳝鱼虽然离开水缸，仍然紧咬不放，接连成串的悬挂在他的手臂间。鳝齿都深入臂肉内，一时市场众人围观。
不久，棋子赶来，把他抬回家中，只好用刀剪断鳝鱼，但鳝鱼仍然紧紧咬住，最后只好将鳝鱼一一挑落，他的臂肉全部脱尽，于是，在惨痛呼嚎中死去。江苏嘉定县南翔镇，刚南居民曹生元，好吃狗肉，经常杀狗烹煮。有一天，他将已杀死的狗浸在盆里，当正要分割时，狗突然从盆中跃出，盆面约。一尺多高，扑向曹生元的颈部，狠狠地咬了一口，鲜血淋漓，他痛得昏倒过去，令旁观者目不忍睹。曹生元被狗咬伤之后，便寻名医治疗，奈何药食无效。毫无起色。由于伤处溃烂，痛裂肺腑，他每天昼夜疼痛哀嚎，如此拖延了三个月才死。酷好狗肉者得知此情，再也不敢贪食狗肉了。旧节。明朝时，有一位王居士，笃信佛教，每天诵经拜佛。由于当时连年天灾人祸，王居士忧心如焚。他听说小洞天有位高僧，能知过去未来。便前往拜谒请教。王居士叩问高僧说：“当今遍地盗贼猖狂，战争扰攘，亿万生灵遭此浩劫，唯愿尊者慈悲，伸出金币拯救。”高僧笑着说：“唯有戒杀放生。”方可免遭浩劫。说罢，即闭目禅定。编者案：近年全球战争不息，饥荒灾异，各种天灾人祸相继而来，推究原因，实皆由众生杀业所招感。并非神鬼所降，故特录此则事迹，应告世人：倘若一人能戒杀，定有一人免遭灾祸；一家能戒杀，就有一家免遭灾祸
，由此推广而至一村、一县、一省、一国，皆莫不如此。世人认为天心尚未厌恶祸乱，不知其实是人心自己尚未厌恶灾乱。如果真正厌恶灾乱，便能立世界杀放生。那么，虽然陷于危难之地，入于刀兵之中，身逢饥荒灾疫之年，终究不会损伤他一毛一发。大家只要能深信力行，其功效迅速。如影随形，古今善恶报应，朝朝分明，感应世纪，历历在目。还有什么让你疑惑不决的呢？向囊泉。自从本师释迦牟尼佛降世以后，说法度化众生，从此世人才知道因果报应，戒杀放生。在《金光明最胜王经》上。有这么一段慈悲济命、取向囊泉的故事。从前，古印度有一位贤者，流水长者的儿子，生性仁慈。一日外出，看见山旁有一处大水池，因直檐下。数月无雨，池水逐渐干涸，池中有数万鱼虾等生命，在烈日干直下喘息，眼看就要暴死。长者子见状，兴起悲悯，立刻返回求见国王。请求国王暂借二十只大象，前往丹水灌救众多代币的生命。这位长者国王早已皈依三宝，听到长者子的请求，便慨然允准。长者子于是又带领二子。从酒店借来许多盛酒的大皮囊，以囊盛水，由象运到大池倾倒，如此数次的往返运水，终于救活池中数万鱼虾的生命。长者子见到数万生命重获生机。内心顿然心愉，于是为鱼虾等说苦空无常大法。后来鱼虾等命中之后，神识因为闻法因缘而都升天道。
送礼。诗诗在原村地方，遇见渔夫拿着一条赤色鲤鱼，要到市镇去卖。鲤鱼望见屈师，跳跃挣扎，似有求救之意。屈师心中不忍，便将它买来放入河中。后来屈师生病，在病中梦见龙王邀请他到龙宫，并对他说：“先生本来寿命已尽。”因救龙子一命，增延福寿十二年。屈师救鲤鱼时年四十八岁，后来活到六十岁，子孙满堂，无极善终。声言声，清朝道光年间，潜逃徒刑诬太守，尚未任官前，曾患重病，医生又误医，因而生命垂危。太守在病中立誓，愿以利人济物。忏悔自己业障，其他俗事一概不放在心上。某夜，太守于梦中感应观音大士，对他说：“你素世曾当处中某官，处事公正严苛，颇伤人后，虽无私心。”也因消减绝路，又常杀生，应得短命报。幸好你在病中能发坚固誓愿，念念以利人济物为怀，没有丝毫怨尤之心。明中音律，只有放生可以延寿，且可增福禄。你当更加努力。他醒来大有感悟，于是阖家戒杀，并且常常放生。这年冬天，便获得朝廷命为袁州九江太守，受到意外殊胜恩遇。次年冬天，病体也痊愈了。蛇雷子，法院朱林上记载，唐高祖武德年间，有一位农夫，为人非常狠毒。有一次，他到田间查看农田，刚好看见邻家的牛践踏了他田里的农作物。他非常愤怒地一把揪住牛头
竟用绳系紧牛舌，猛力将蛇拉断。可怜的牛，满口鲜血淋漓，惨痛难言，不敢哀鸣。邻里乡人分来围观，见此情状，都指责农夫的手段太残酷了。后来，他结婚生了三个孩子，都不能说话，成了哑巴。大家都认为这是他心地残忍招来的现实报应。沙弥就已。从前有一位沙弥，随侍一位得道高僧。高僧有宿命通，知沙弥七日内性命将尽，便叫他回家探望母亲，并且吩咐他说：“八天以后再回来。”其目的就是要让他命中在家。七日后，沙弥回寺。高僧见沙弥不死，并且相貌改变，甚感奇怪，于是入三昧禅定，观察沙弥在七日中的经过，使知沙弥于回家时是否下雨，雨后溪涨，路见无数的蚂蚁被水所困。沙弥即以树枝做桥，救出水中无数的蚂蚁。高僧乃以在三昧境中所见情景，再问沙弥，果然是事实。婴儿非常欣慰地对沙弥说：“你的寿命在七日内，本来已将近。”因你一念慈悲，救了无数的乙命，功德无量。如今相貌已改，来日定得长寿。后来，沙弥果然因此得免于夭死，而且活到八十多岁，还证得罗汉圣果，永离六道轮回之苦。牛刀断舌。从前，江苏常熟县黄草堂的地方，有一位以屠宰耕牛为职业的虚某。他每次杀牛，必先将牛舌活活割下，牛惨痛哀鸣，虚某却都无动于衷。每次把牛宰完了，就将牛舌带回家中，烹煮下酒食用，以为这样味道特别鲜美。有一天，虚某将屠刀安放在门栏上方，忽然听到两只老鼠在门栏上打架，虚某好奇地仰脸张口往上看。哪知道两只老鼠将屠刀弄落
正好落入须某口中，而且刚好割断了他的舌头，当场死亡。唉，须某一生嗜杀成性，割牛舌佐酒，贪着口福，不料自己也被牛刀断舌惨死。看起来因果报应并非是虚构之言。禽鸟助葬。孙良嗣是一位心地仁厚的乡民，虽然家境不好。但是若有看见禽鸟被人捕获，关在笼子里，便设法凑钱买来放生。每当打开笼子，看见禽鸟吱吱飞翔空中，重获自由，心中就感到万分的舒畅与快乐。如此久而久之。他也不知道已放了多少的禽鸟，而他的生活仍然贫苦。在七十多岁命中之后，由于孙良嗣无亲无友，而且家贫无法筹办埋葬，因此他的尸体就被放在郊外山上。景况非常凄凉，但是在他死后不久，忽然飞来数千万只禽鸟，口衔泥土，堆积在孙良嗣身上，不到一天就堆积一堆黄土，把孙良嗣安葬好。邻里乡人见此情景。都很惊奇感叹，认为这是因为孙良嗣经常买鸟放生，感动禽鸟报答所致。母鹿断肠，许真君，名巽，字敬之。晋朝汝南人，少年时喜好打猎。有一天，他上山打猎，射中一只小鹿，却见母鹿奋不顾身地奔向小鹿，不断以舌填服小鹿的伤口，似有无限的悲伤。不久，母鹿也倒地而死。许真君便将二鹿带回，以刀抛开母鹿胸腹，发现母鹿肝已尽碎，肠寸寸断。他见此惨状，大为感动，痛哭流涕，悔恨不已，于是折悔弓箭，立誓永不打猎。一切物类皆有母子之爱。当生离死别之际，肝肠是何等的痛苦！母鹿因为爱子情深
，所以不忍抛弃中箭的小鹿而跑。又因为过度悲伤小鹿之死，以致肝碎肠断。唉，世间还有比此更悲惨的事吗？许真君后来荐举为孝廉，官京阳县令，因感晋朝朝政紊乱，乃弃官归隐。后来随吴猛学道，入山潜修，正了仙道。于是周游江湖，以道术为民除害。晋孝武帝太康二年于洪州西山得道成真，因为常显灵济世，宋帝追封为神功妙计真君，也简称为许真君，或称许金阳。杀护生，请不要再吃鱼翅了。一场华人婚宴等于杀死四十只鲨鱼。鲨鱼吃人，还是人吃鲨鱼？事实的真相却是后者。多数的鲨鱼都是温驯，而且不会随意攻击和伤害人类的。每年鲨鱼攻击人类的事件寥寥可数，但是人类却天生杀害鲨鱼。朋友，您知道吗？人类才是世界上最凶暴的动物。人类因为好吃鱼翅。每年有几千万条鲨鱼活生生的任人类宰割，人类割去鲨鱼的鳃，以作为鱼翅佳肴，然后再把切割成支离破碎的鲨鱼尸体抛进大海。这种凶残与毫无理性的屠杀，将把世界上最古老的活化石给赶尽杀绝。请不要再吃鱼翅了，尤其是在婚礼喜宴上，只要您不再吃鱼翅，鲨鱼就会有着生存的空间。海啸中的英雄，在二零零四年印度洋发生的大海啸中，出现了舍己救人的感人事件。救人英雄不仅只限于人类，也包括了各种动物。这些动物在人类面临危急时伸出援手，证明了。动物也具有灵性。一
舍己救人的英雄——丹麦人约翰·马兰。当海啸冲击斯里兰卡南部的一个度假村，三十二岁的丹麦游客约翰·马兰六次奋不顾身地冲进大浪中。拯救超过十个被大海浪卷走的小孩，并把他们安全地护送到他们的父母。当他在第六次冲进大浪要拯救一对母子时，却不幸被汹涌的大浪给冲走，头部撞到倒塌的墙与混凝土。最后被淹没而消失在大浪中。约翰本来可以像其他人一样逃到一个安全的地方避难，并安然的回家和家人团聚，但是他却奋不顾身的拯救和他不相识的人，最后却英勇的牺牲了。他舍己救人的行为不仅感动了斯里兰卡的人民，也感动了全世界。二，鳄鱼救人。斯里兰卡一名老翁的屋子后院经常有鳄鱼出没。在大海啸中，当他的屋子不幸被大浪冲垮时，他在紧忙中抱住一条木材，才发觉粗糙的浮木竟是一条鳄鱼。出乎意料，鳄鱼不但没有伤害老翁，还把他推上岸，挽救了他一条命。三，蟒蛇救人。在印尼亚奇省的海啸中，二十六岁的 Riza 被大浪冲到林里一名受了重伤的妇女家。妇女含泪请求 Riza 帮忙她把那孪生的孩子带到安全的地方。当 Riza 奋不顾身的紧背这对孩子在大浪中挣扎求存时，突然看到一条大蟒蛇，在他惊讶之余，紧抱着蟒蛇。最终，在大蛇的协助下，他们都游到安全的地方，安然无恙。四，大象救游客，在泰国的 P H A N G N G A T I O N。有四千人因海啸的冲击而丧命。当印度洋大地震开始震动时，一群受 KHAO LAK 度假村驯养专载旅客的大象已开始发出叫喊声，并向地势高的地方冲去。几分钟后，大海啸来袭。那些骑着大象的旅客都幸运地逃过这次的劫难。五，红树林
，珊瑚礁保护缅甸，孟加拉沿海地区免受灾难。在这次的海啸中，红树林与珊瑚礁发挥了重要的保护作用。由于缅甸。孟加拉沿海一带有着重重的红树林与珊瑚礁，在海啸中起了阻挡作用，挽救了许多人的性命。沿海一带的房屋也免受破坏，这也证明了保护大自然是多么重要。